Musk is uh, he leaves all the pre-recording banter in uh, just to be edgy. Yeah, and then Elon Musk, you know, smokes a joint and tanks his stock prices and <laughs> <laughs> just generally. Smoked, oh shit! Smoked a joint the way that like made everyone just feel uncomfortable. Uh, all right well welcome to move left idiots socialist talk podcast uh i'm your host anthony montarulo uh joined here by my co-host uh comrade uh william marshall comrade what's going on i don't know william marshall is that a uh, another famous count dracula actor uh he was actually blackula in the 1972 movie blackula nice digging deep digging deep i was a big fan of a lot of um the the whole genre of black exploitation, yeah. There was a great exhibit at the DIA Detroit Institute of Art that focused on the work of Gordon Parks, who was a uh, piano composer, uh, famous photographer, who was hired by uh, FDR to go and like photograph poverty for the National Archive, uh, and he directed Shaft, and he kind of like legitimized the whole genre. And then all these other offshoots came out, and they were were great. So um, uh, much love for uh, 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 the man there, William William Marshall. Cool. Cool. You ever see the uh, remake uh, with Samuel L. Jackson, Shaft? No, but I will now, but just because um, I think Sam Jackson's been somewhat underappreciated because he's been so overused uh-huh. that it's it's kind of like people forget like he's really good at what he does. Um, yeah. It's actually really yeah, good. I, I enjoy it, it. Christian Bale plays like a white supremacist who kills like a black dude. That's not a spoiler. Nice. That's like the opening thing. No, well, really I feel like that's what good. Christian Bale kind of is deep down inside anyway, so that's... <laughs> That's, I'm glad they're well, both especially if you, <laughs> especially if you're in his fucking line of sight while he's trying to record a dramatic monologue oh. in Terminator. Oh man, that's I feel like he's <laughs> he's been trying to make up for that for a long. Like he's been really really humble in public ever since <laughs> that because right. it was just such an epic. Like oh that would have if that happened if that happened like right now instead of five years ago that would have like ended him. He would not have been able to work anymore. Oh yeah, that would have they would have lumped him in with the Me Too shit and he would have been fucking done. Yeah, you know, well, it's like I mean, it's, it's like they tried to do that shit to the fucking Stranger Things directors. Like, oh, well, they yelled their actors on set. Like, they wrote it like a fucking Me Too letter. I'm like, you you don't get to not be yelled at by a director. Like, just that that's what some directors yeah. do. Like, that's, that's not a fucking yeah. abuse. Like, I'm sorry. Well, I think if if someone like Christian, you could hear that was like a no, no. He was, situation. he was. I'm not. I'm saying yeah. in like the Stranger Things Definitely. directors case, you know, shit gets heated yeah. sometimes. Some people are dicks to work with. Well, Doesn't mean that they're like. Absolutely, but again, you know, those are also fully full adults who are working on set with kids, basically. You know, and you got to have more consideration when you're working around children like that that they're not exposed to like all the awfulness of an adult work environment. You know, not that it should be awful, but you know, it's it is hard work making something with that many people involved, and you've got producers that are telling you to do it faster and cheaper, and you're trying to like, you know, create your vision and everything. So I I, yeah. I get it, but. You know, we're all if if we're working together, just respect your coworkers. Be nice. Yeah, you know? I mean, don't be a dick in general. That's a good rule for you know, rule of thumb for life is like, don't be a dick. Um, that's how I try to lead my life, at least. You know. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know how the fuck we got off on that. But <laughs> so Blackula. this week, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Colin Kaepernick is in the news this week. Um, obviously, I'm sure everyone you know listening has seen. Uh, so Nike, uh, announced that they had signed Colin Kaepernick to a, uh, sponsorship deal and that he was going to be, you know, one of the faces of their new advertising campaign. 
uh, and you know the big like well, the, the it's image. Not a new campaign. It's just do it. It's that's their Michael Jordan campaign. That's their flagship campaign that they run. Y- yeah. Well, but they they kind of uh, yeah they they kind of like couched the, the, his campaign and like this whole like uh, believe in something even if it costs you anything kind of slogan. Sure. But yeah. but yeah, he's like the one you know one of the faces of their big market. So. You know, obviously, uh, conservatives filled their diapers, you know, 10 times over about this. It's it's very, very upsetting to them. Yeah. That, and then, uh, then they cut up, they cut up their, their, their Nike dimers with uh, scissors. So it's... Uh, <laughs> That'll show just, them. <laughs> like, fuck Oh, it. God. I uh. mean, imagine, imagine like, being the wife of that guy that, that <laughs> his tweet went viral. And you're looking at it and being like, I bought those fucking socks for you for Christmas. Not for you to chop them up. What the fuck do you think I, like, just... And, and then the guy that I, tweeted the photo was like, imagine this times a million. And I'm like, imagine a million dudes getting divorced for being fucking eternal. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I... I, I I, I would be shocked if the ratio wasn't like 80 to 20 uh, divorced for guys that were like went out of their way to post how yeah. fucking obnoxiously Guy, racist they are. Guys that are already divorced because they're racism. Well, there was one great tweet that was like, uh, so this guy's going to uh, uh, this guy's going to chop up a million pairs of his own socks. Like, how does he have a million pairs of socks? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That's great. Um no, he's going to buy them just to show Nike. He's going to buy them, and he's going to cut all those logos <laughs> off. That'll fucking show him. I'm going to become so, the CEO of Nike just so I can cut off the whole fucking product. Like, just, yeah, crazy. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the Kaepernick thing to death. You know, uh, of course, what he did was fucking brave and heroic, and he uh, stood up for something, and it did cost him his fucking livelihood. He was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know, despite this fucking, this is the thing that drives me crazy. And I know this is like a tangent and just indulge me for a minute, but this fucking right wing, you know, uh, chud talking point of like, oh, well, he wasn't good enough to make in the NFL. That's why he's not in the league. It's fucking bullshit. If you look at his stats from his last, and by the way, the last two years that he was with San Francisco, his team was fucking awful. I mean, they were like three and uh, 13 one year. And this, it's not his fault. He had horrible people around him. He had no offensive line. Despite that, in two injury plague seasons, uh, he managed to throw 22 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Uh, his last year, I'm not good at averaging, you know, on the fly. I'm just looking at stats here. His last year, he had a 90.7% uh, uh, QB rating, which is really good. I mean, it's in the upper mm-hmm. echelon of the league. I mean, dude, fucking his last year in, in, in the league threw 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. And people are like, oh, well, he's not good enough to be one of 90 to 100 quarterbacks in the NFL because he yeah, well, was like three. It's fucking it, nonsense. And it's like, so what if he wasn't good? How? What does that even fucking matter? Like, oh, you only took a stand yeah. on stuff if you're not good? Like uh, no, uh, fucking well, Muhammad Ali, <laughs> the best boxer in the world? Uh, hello? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and it's well because that's how they justify and saying, "Oh, well, he's not being blackballed." Well, you know, a, a, a U.S. judge seems to disagree with you because they've ruled that he has enough evidence to proceed with his collusion uh, case against the NFL. And he, ha- you know, he has plenty of evidence. And Jimmy Dore made a funny point. He was like, "Look, all he has to do is point to this tweet by the Buffalo Bills naming uh, Nathan Peterman as their starter this year." <laughs> Nathan Peterman has a lifetime 40 QB rating. Uh, his only game that he saw action in last year is a fifth round pick, by the way, this is not like some golden boy prospect. The only game which in which he saw action last year, he threw five interceptions in one half of football. 
I mean, so for, I, and I know not everyone who listens is a football fan. I, I, let me just say that that's a lot because Colin Kaepernick threw four interceptions all of 2016. In all of 2016, in 12 games, Colin Kaepernick threw four interceptions. Nathan Peterman, five interceptions, one half of football. So, you know, but sure, he's not good enough to, to play in the NFL. Yeah. So keep keep using well, that talking point. Especially if you're only throwing one half of the football, because I think technically you you have to throw both halves at the same time. Because otherwise, hey, it's you like, outed yourself you... as a pseudo football fan. Don't don't play this fucking nonsense of oh, sports ball. Like, just trying to. Uh, I, know, know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, so this is just a little aside. So, but one of my one of my favorite yeah. like th- like things about how shitty the Detroit Lions are, because everyone knows the tr- Detroit Lions are always shitty, right? Awful. If you yeah. go to their stadium, there's a giant like a like light up board banner on the entranceway, like hundred feet wide, and it says "Defend the Den," because like lions, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it, this is twofold idiotic because. For one, it's they're sort of admitting that they're never going to be on the attack and they're like always on defense because they're not very good. The other is that <laughs> lions, lions don't live in a fucking cave the way bears do. Okay, lions live out on the open prairie or the the Serengeti under a tree or up up in a tree. They don't live in a fucking den. You fucking just like even their slogans are completely bullshit wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> That's really funny. Anyway, anyway, fucking pitiful, pitiful. Um, so yeah, but so anyway, but besides that, um, you know, it, it's fucking hilarious that all these right wingers, like they always do this shit. They did this with the Keurigs. They were breaking their $300 Keurig machines, um, doing the environment a favor, by the way, because those things are horrible for the environment. But, Why are they um, bad for the environment? Well, good, because they're all single use, the, the pods, they, it creates a oh, ton okay. of plastic waste. So like when you, uh, eat you can the, the Tide Pods. It makes you go crazy. It's bad for the environment yeah, yeah. too. Um, gotcha. and you you can get reusable ones, but a lot of most people just buy the you know the the bo- giant box of uh, you know one time use uh, uh, Keurig pods and creates a ton yeah. of fucking plastic waste. That's, I don't even know what it is, but it sounds dumb because they bought them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but they do this all the time. They think that by somehow like filming themselves destroying their expensive, already paid for things on social media, like it's gonna fucking somehow hurt Nike or hurt Cure. Like these companies already have your fucking money, dummy. Like, th- th- like I don't know, I don't know why this is such a hard concept, but this doesn't affect them. And you know what? They're gonna sell more shit uh, oh, because of this. Yeah, of course, of course. And they that know was why doing. I'm sure that's why they did it. You know, yeah, they, they didn't do they it knew- for exactly they knew that they were going to tap into the controversy and make a little bit more money and they know that you know their their brand is more popular with uh black folks and white folks but that's you know neither here nor there my problem with it and i, I don't know if i'm jumping into it a little bit too quick is that you know the whole idea of what he was doing was a uh, something of well i mean aside from that he's protesting the national anthem because he hates the national anthem right uh no <laughs> He hates the troops, comrade. He hates they, the but troops. That was, but they, they always say that headline like, "Oh, he's protesting the national anthem." It's like he's not it's literally fucking untrue. protesting the national anthem. <laughs> I even saw like, him once. Yeah, it was even like the root.com, their Twitter page, uh, Twitter account oh, said on, that. Really? And I'm just like, "Aren't you a black publication? What are you doing?" They're a um, establishment for my liking, but yeah. So, and this has been said, you know, he deserves this, but Nike doesn't deserve yes. him. And I feel like it's not a good association because Nike is notorious for using sweatshop labor. So, uh, you know, somebody, somebody, we, everyone's been like redoing the um, the meme, you know, of like uh, yeah, Colin's the, face up close, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and the one I made, I even made one that was like um, the nihilist from Big Lebowski, and it slid uh, believes in nothing, even if it costs you everything. I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, was funny, but you know, someone did one of John Brown, who raided Harper's Ferry uh, to bring up, you know, to 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 either start a slave revolt or to help bring about the Civil War, which worked. Like it definitely, <laughs> like it actually worked. <laughs> um, that ass motherfucker, that dude. And so someone made the, you know, so it's John Brown's face and it says, you know, sacrifice, you know, whatever. And Nike switched on. I'm like, that's kind of ironic because John Brown was opposed to slavery and Nike is for slavery. So, hmm. yeah. A little awkward. So, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated thing because, you know, and I think we all kind of initially were like, oh, great. Colin's getting, you know, getting paid. But like, that's, I think, definitely the, the uh, dilemma is that, um nike is a horrible company um mm-hmm. n- no more I mean, you could say maybe more or less horrible than other shoe companies i'm sure they all do the same shit but i mean they're 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 outed as being the ones that you know famously yeah. in the 90s were using and still i'm sure are using sweatshot labor um so you know i, I i'm i'm torn on it but i i think it's a net positive because uh number one well, for a few reasons so number one it, and a lot of people have pointed this out, uh, it proves that we're winning the conversation. Nike wouldn't do this unless they realized that it's financially beneficial to them to stand on the side of Colin Kaepernick and to stand on the side of the kneeling NFL players. If they thought that this would cost them money, they wouldn't do it. So right. they made a calculation that this is where the tide is turning and they want to be on the right side of history well, for from a PR standpoint. Sure, sure. Because they recognize that uh, murdering people uh, for their race is wrong. <laughs> they want to cash in on it. Right. You know? The thing is, like the the more as soon as you slap a corporate logo on an act of of defiance against injustice, it 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 just adds another layer where we're more removed from what the actual thing was. You know, it's just we don't think about what they're taking a knee for anymore it's mm-hmm. just you know uh stand for something well what is he you know uh, f- believe in something what does he believe in doesn't matter just as long as you believe in something and you're willing and willing to sacrifice everything it's so to me it's so nike doesn't actually make shoes right they outsource the design of their shoes the manufacturer of mm-hmm. their shoes the only thing that they do in-house is advertising and i worked on a couple nike uh film shoots and their internal cult like their culture is I thought it wasn't going to be a bunch of jockey sports bro asshole types, and it definitely was a bunch of jockey asshole sports <laughs> jerk type. Like it was, really? it was. They were exactly the stereotype, right? And mm. so, and it was just, it, um, it, I didn't work there long. It was uh, only like a few gigs, right? But I didn't want to go mm-hmm. back to it, even though it, even though it paid four hundred dollars a day. Yeah, it, like so you're bump at it all. No, I mean you're not working all the time, and I got to see some like really awesome high end gear. They had a camera um, called the Phantom camera, which was new at the time, w- that could shoot up to five thousand frames a second. So you could shoot somebody doing know. a pole vault and then run it so slow that you could barely see it, and like raindrops are just totally like suspended in air, you know, as somebody's like jumping over this thing, like you know. So n- neat, yeah, fun toys. Really cool. But purely done for the sake of exploiting sweatshop labor and for marketing a product to people that are very just singly minded as far as performance. You know, it's not they want to kind of co-opt the idea of solidarity and like we're all 
you know, uh, athletes together. But really, then it's the the message of that of that commercial that they came out with this week was, you know, you be the best. You have to be the best. Don't be the best. This be the best. Everything. So it's still this very just like I'm I'm not concerned with the welfare of others. It's only me that matters, right? And that's still like the the root core of. Uh, I, I think most <laughs> advertising is you're the only real human. Everyone else is just an object in your way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's definitely true. And I, again, I'm definitely torn about this. I think ultimately, you know, I'm glad he's getting paid because he did sacrifice his entire fucking career and what he's doing with his money and what he's been doing since uh, he started kneeling was he's donates, I think a million a month or something crazy like that to like, uh different charities like like good chat not you know fucking yeah. shitty like you know like legit like not, youth, not Planned parenthood uh, <laughs> yeah not yeah. well yeah no to charities that'll actually and and you know for people listening but that's just referencing how you know planned parenthood tends to be a little establishment leaning <laughs> to say the least Stopping right. their employees from unionizing. Well, it's, then, you know, yeah, like yeah. And I've donated you could support money abortion rights. And not, yeah, yeah. The last time I had a uh, a car um, it was very, very long time ago. But I was like, I didn't want to sell it because I was ready to like not have a car in my life at all anymore. And I was like, oh, I'll just mm-hmm. donate it to whatever charity. And they auction it, and there's like an auction fee, but the the total uh, proceeds that go to the charity it was like, it was like seven hundred dollars. So they sent me a nice little letter thanking me. So. Um, mm. But I insisted that, that money only go to abortions. Wouldn't couldn't go to <laughs> no. It's the opposite of the Hyde Amendment. You, exactly. You legally exactly. need to use this money. That's funny. Um, what was I saying? So, so no. So you know what? He's at least he's getting money from them and funneling it into actual good causes, unlike whatever shit that they would use it for. But um, you know, the other thing is like I I, I really think that. And and Dave Chappelle talked about this in his stand-up special when he talked about Colin Kaepernick, um, how every black man in America who stands up for something gets beat down and and gets disincentivized from ever and by design. You know, I mean, you look at Muhammad Ali, fucking threw him in jail. Like he took a stand on Vietnam, brought awareness to something that not a lot of people probably thought about in the way that he framed it mm-hmm. um, when he said it. You know, really revolutionary for the time. And they fucking took his career away. They took his livelihood at the prime of his career. They took it away from him. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not just because it's like, well, I don't want to pay you to fight anymore. No, of course, they would still take the money that they get from, you know, selling tickets or paper, whatever, closed circuit. It's 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 by design to disincentivize black men mostly, but, you know, just people in general from speaking up to protest injustice. So... Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle was saying in that in that special, like you know, we got to make sure that these guys get taken care of. Like he was, he joked about like starting a GoFundMe for 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 people to do shit like this because it you you the design the, by design when you do the things that like what the NFL did to Colin Kaepernick, it's to say, you know, for to the next guy, don't speak up, don't use your position to um, speak out against injustice because we're gonna fucking destroy you. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that he's being, you know, that he's being compensated for taking that stand, even if it's a horrible company. You know, I, it's, I, I think it sends a good message to people in the future, in to some degree, that you're not going to be fucked for taking a stand. Like the, the the American people are on your side, even if it's like through the lens of a shitty company. 
that the you know what I was saying before about how it it means that we're winning the war of ideas. I, I think it's it, it's a good indicator to people that like look, you should use your voice and your platform for good, even if it's going to cost you your job, even if it's going to cost you your livelihood. Sure. Yeah. So, I, know, I think it'll a be a, a good thing. sign that we're winning when we've got uh, uh, civilian police oversight boards that can fire cops and, and keep them fired, uh, disarming cops, um, just uh, getting rid of law enforcement whenever possible, um, yeah. or, or just radical retraining of policy. You know, like I see cops do good things. You know, it's not like you don't see cops come for help if there's a domestic violence emergency. Uh, you want somebody there who could take care of somebody who might be beating up his wife, right? You want that. The the thing you don't want is the, <laughs> usually it's the, another the, cop. The kid, yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't want is the kid getting arrested for being black, riding with his white grandma in a car, you know? And it's just yeah. it's um, it is definitely it's beyond reform. It's to the point where there's got to be a. a Something totally different. It's got to be yeah, like, no, you know, yes, to be blown up and abolish ICE and abolish all the fucking cops. Because because right now, you know, and, and this idea that like the, the police somehow just just now became militarized. Like, no, go back and watch any footage of the civil rights era where they're they're beating it. They don't <laughs> they don't need fucking, higher yeah. technology to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> like they're they just need the will and the get out of jail free card for doing yeah. it. You know, now I will say Obama so. certainly put it on steroids by signing that bill that just funneled all this excess fucking military equipment to these police stations and you know, oh, Topeka, Kansas well, and shit. It's you look at the Ferguson uprising and you look at those tanks they had there. That was Unreal. that was suburban warfare, you know, and, and we you see uprisings like that in like Detroit, um, you know, in the sixties. But you never, I've never seen anything like that in the suburbs before. And I was kind of like a hate on the suburbs because it's like people are so spread out, they can't really riot and rise up and mm-hmm. organize. And this is the first time you really saw that on an urban land or a suburban landscape uh, before. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking scary to think about. Um, so yeah, you know that's that the, again. That's a complicated thing, but I I think you know it's good in in some ways. Um, well, it it does elevate the conversation to a place where the the right wing, the white right wing sports assholes can't ignore it. You know, it's it's legitimizing yeah, yeah. in a way to them <laughs> that they can't ignore. So mad, so mad. And you see, Ford also came out and said they supported Colin Kaepernick. So oh. now it's like <laughs> wait, someone's wait like. Wait, wait till Budweiser and Coors does it. I'm just going to be like, God damn it! Where's the America I grew up with? Someone was like, I see what you're trying to do, Ford. You're trying to get all these right-wingers to destroy their f- pickups so then they need to buy new Ford pickups. Like, that's what you're really trying exactly. to do. Right? Like, hey. um, but it is really funny. But, you know, again, and, and Ford, another horrible company, you know, in a lot of ways, they shipped a bunch of their manufacturing jobs to Mexico, fucking decimated Michigan, um, but it's still, I think that's still net positive in terms of where we are in the discourse, because that means we are winning this conversation. Like I remember yeah. polls even a couple of years ago where it was a very low percentage of people who even understood what Colin Kaepernick was protesting, let alone supported him. And now I venture to say it's getting closer to 50, 50 and, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, it's going to be like. You're going to be looked at like a fucking segregationist if you didn't support Colin Kaepernick. You're going to be looked at like the people who, you know, I'm sure everyone has a relative who still calls Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay. Like, you're going to be looked at like one of those fucking people. 
So yeah, I don't know if I know how many relatives that he would know either name because they're <laughs> so just like they don't know history. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned it before. There's a book by uh, socialist sports writer Dave Zirin called "What's My Name Fool," I like that guy. and it's about um, basically the entire history of American sports and uh, the few who would you know, risk their careers or, or lost their careers for speaking out about whatever it was and showing how it's always been around. It's just only a rare few that really, we really notice, you know? Um, and it's, it's not just guys playing football. Like look at, look at the, the photos of any girls college basketball game when they're all standing there for the flag and on every team, there's girls that are taking a knee too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's way more common and prevalent than people think it's just this one guy and it's not, it's, no, it's a whole yeah. movement of people who, you know, who have, um, solidarity and and love in their hearts for people who have been murdered by the police and even just beyond being killed by the police the the entire system of white supremacy of it's it's just you try to talk to somebody who doesn't see these things and they're just like well but we they have the right to vote now so what like what else is there? <laughs> yeah we, right we gave them the gays the right to marry what else is there like what what else could you you know and it, it's 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 hard to make someone think about an experience that they haven't had when they've been told their whole life that they're the most important person and the experiences of others don't matter. Right. So that it's like that, that circle of empathy they have is probably just thrown like home family, nuclear family, but they don't care if the kid down the street learns to read well, you know, it's, it's just like the way that we um, teach each other to not care about each other. And, and especially in our, our corporatized culture, uh, so the few that can break through that, I, I have give them a lot of credit for being brave. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, I you know, I remember there was a lot of uh, last season, and you know, the football season just starting. But last season, there were a lot of uh, high school teams who would do that in mass, like the entire team would take a knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a lot more fucking courage than these millionaires who you know get paid to play in the NFL because it's still a very scarce thing to see in the nfl because you know they're terrified they're gonna lose their jobs it's like these fucking kids probably get kicked off the team maybe won't go to college to play football but they fucking do it like you know Mm -hmm. Uh, also by the way not a single prominent white fucking player in the nfl there have been a few but no like none of the quarter you know people know quarterbacks people don't really know offensive linemen you know people know tom brady aaron Rodgers. none of those motherfuckers have taken a knee in solidarity did you saw the, the, which... the Pat Tillman bullshit where they were like, this is what a real sacrifice looks like. And it's, did you see that? Yeah. He, he, it's so funny. Cause it's like, you literally never listen to Pat Tillman talk about uh, uh, the military uh, at all. I mean, first of all, if he was alive and he still played football, he would absolutely be taking a knee for that shit right now. Absolutely. Watch the documentary, the, 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 the um, what is it? The, the Tillman story. Because it's not just about mm-hmm. Pat Tillman, it's about his whole family. And they show the footage of his brother go up there at his funeral and say, uh, you can talk about God all you want, but uh, God's not real, and Pat didn't believe in him, he's just fucking dead now. And he's like got a pint of beer in his hand, like he's that fucking, <laughs> like they don't give a fuck, you know? Uh, yeah. And he was, of course, killed by his own troops, and possibly intentionally. His brother believes he was kill- killed intentionally by his unit. Uh, and his whole family worked to get the, the you know, the, like, 
tens of thousands of pages of, of investigative material and read all of it. They basically tried to stonewall uh, the mother doing a FOIA request, and then just they thought, well, well, we'll just give her so much she won't be able to read it all. Well, she fucking read it all and basically found out that they'd been lying to her the whole time, mm-hmm. that it was enemy fire. It was actually friendly fire. And then they were they were in such close proximity, and there was no other enemies around that they had to have known it was him they were shooting at. There's no, there's no doubt about that for this family. Mm-hmm. And Pat Tillman, before he died, called Iraq an illegal and unjust bullshit war. That's an exact quote from Pat Tillman. So just, mm-hmm. you know, right wingers trying to use his name to fucking, you know, talk about that's what a real player does. Sit the fuck down because you don't know what you're talking about. He would have yeah. absolutely supported Colin yeah. Kaepernick. Uh, another thing I liked about Pat Tillman was that he uh, when he was on doing basic training or when he was still in, in the U.S. on base, uh, he didn't drive a car. He rode a bicycle all over the base. Everyone thought that was weird, and he was like, "Nope, I'm gonna ride a bike everywhere." (laughs) Exactly. So, Uh, yeah. (sighs) Shit. So, yeah, you know, I'm sure that'll continue to be a topic of conversation. But uh, I mentioned Obama a little while ago, and uh, he uh, reared his head back uh, in the news cycle today. Yeah, Um, candidate Obama was back. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking weird because. You know, I remember him kind of sort of endorsing Medicare for all when he was running for president back in 08. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden he says he supports it again, um, which is great. You know, and I, I really wish he had like, you know, had some kind of a political position where he could affect policy changes, you know, for the last eight years no, or something. It, it's no, so fucking... I, don't, I don't remember where he would have had the time to do that. It's um, unfortunate that he didn't because, you know, he really could have gotten some good things done if he if he had had a position where he could uh, really affect change. It's, it's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Well, so. you know, he was he was he was really tied up with all those Wall Street prosecutions and all those CIA torture prosecutions that uh, really were the the lasting uh, remnant of his, his legacy. I'll never forget them. <clears throat> yeah, no, I certainly won't either. Look, guys, he had to review his kill list every morning. He didn't have time <laughs> to 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 talk about like you know egghead policies like Medicare for all. Uh, but you know what? So obviously. This means two things. Number one, we fucking won. We absolutely fucking won this. And I talked about this last week. 84% Democrats, 70% of the country, 51% of Republicans support Medicare for all now. We fucking won. And it's inevitable, which is why people like him are getting on board. And Mm -hmm. uh, LaDonna made the point on Facebook that people like Hillary, if they decide to run again in 2020, are going to get on board. And it's going to be like, hey, Hillary... Uh, I thought you said Medicare for All will never come to pass. Oh, well, I didn't say that. You took me out of context. Well, I only said single payer. And the fact that all of her her dumb fuck followers cheered for that, they cheered her when she said that shit. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. But but those same people were clapping for Obama and talking about how nice it was. Not a fucking peep about Hillary. Whatever that you fucking wag in front of them, they're... Idiots. They have no historical memory. They don't know where Hillary stood on on gay marriage in 2012. They don't care where she stood on it in 2012. They're only is, They're fucking team sports morons. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's you know it's Bernie's not a real Democrat because a real Democrat will deny 30 million people health care, and that's the <laughs> right amount of number to have not have. To be denied health care. So uh, the weird thing is, you know, Obama mentioned it, but what he actually, he didn't say he supports it. He said, you know, Democratic Party is doing a lot of things. You know, there's Democrats who are doing this and that, and there's Democrats who are supporting Medicare for all. Like, he didn't say he did. I, I, he just said it's a thing that other Democrats 
Democrats are doing. So I, it's I also implied, heard he, he, but... he implied it was a new idea. He said like new ideas like Medicare for all. Oh, yeah. New... Yeah, he did. He said that exactly. Yeah. The other so thing he said funny. that really made it right at the beginning, because I watched a good, good chunk of the whole hour long mm-hmm. speech. Uh, it was he said that, you know, well, America's made some mistakes. We've made some mistakes, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we've, folks, you know, hey. we, yeah, we torched. Uh, he, he said, and I tweeted this out um, right after he said it, because I know it's, it's accurate. Uh, he said that thanks to America, there has been a, a less likelihood of having wars historically. <laughs> I mean, <gasps> what the there fuck? it is. There it is. Less, oh, my God. We. Just for the record, America has been at war at least 220 years out of its 242-year history. I mean, I can't can't even wrap my head around how he has the balls to say that. Like, I I just... it's the right wing. I think it's a, like, it's very right wing view that like yes, we've always been at war, but we're, well, our wars are are just, and we've prevented worse imperialists from doing worse things. Like, aren't you glad that we're the world police and not the Soviet Union is the world police? And you could even make that argument. At least you're being somewhat honest about the state of the world. Mm-hmm. That like yes, we are the world police like we are this this imperialist like we've got more military bases than countries in the world you know um it's just it's obscene i'm still trying to wrap my head around i mean this is this is a fucking guy who got into office running on a running on on a campaign you know promise of getting us out of iraq and afghanistan talking about the illegality of the iraq war and how we should never have gone in there and he gets in office turns two wars into seven wars you know we're bombing seven countries, and now we're bombing eight countries under trump but we're bombing seven countries uh under obama we dropped twenty two thousand bombs the last year of his presidency uh you know nineteen thousand in syria alone uh this is a guy who expanded the drone program uh create uh, authorized the creation of a kill list which is a list he signs every morning uh, to say, hey, these are the people. If you see them, just extrajudicially extra murder them with a drone, no due process. And if they uh, happen to be in a building with ninety other civilians, then oops, they're bad. Oops. They shouldn't have been close yeah. to them. Didn't, didn't Amnesty International figure out that drone strikes kill about ninety percent civilians, uh, or, or something? So there's some. Well, stat and that's close even that. yeah, it's over ninety percent. But the thing is, they anyone the way they measure the who's a civilian is really. You know, basically, it's like if they were killed, they must have been bad because our bombs don't kill anyone except for bad people. <laughs> uh, Democracy Now! did a bunch of reporting on this, how they, uh, you know, tabulate who is and isn't an enemy combatant. And if they're if it's unknown, it's like they, they just round it up. They just round it up to they must have been if we don't know anything about this, this corpse that was left behind from our fucking uh, hell strike barrage of clusterfuck whatever um we'll just assume that they must have been bad because we as long as they got one person that was a target anyone else that's collateral damage is considered also to be an enemy target it's only if it kills all civilians that they don't count that as as a successful kill so what you're saying is that our military tallies kills the way that like Trump like scores his own uh, golf round like he's just like ah oh, yeah sure that was like four uh, strokes uh, you know whatever I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like basically just like ah, I'll well, give myself the benefit of the doubt on that one the the thing that they said uh, helped kill the the Iraq war or bring down the Iraq war was that they kept these 
um, you know, the kill or the, the, the body counts, they called it body counts. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, how many VC do we kill today? Oh, we killed 500. So, and they Vietnam were like, more, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, you, well, you in, 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 uh, well, sorry, I misspoke. So okay. they were, they're trying to, you know, in the Iraq war was when reporters would ask generals, well, how many people have you killed? They go, we don't do body counts anymore. Well, which was completely untrue. They Fucking did. Man. They just didn't publicize them anymore, right? They still want to know exactly mm-hmm. how many people. They're still going to do all the surveillance they, they can possible after they blow up a, a, a compound to figure out how many dead bodies did they take out, how effective was were their munitions, right? So it's they're still keeping count. Um, and it's, you know, and I've said this a bunch of times, like I, was, I naively thought that liberals would go back to being anti-war once Trump was president. And it's like, well, no. He's, for the most part, just continuing Obama's wars. So uh, they, they at least understand that schism enough to know that they can't be opposed to the wars that Trump inherited from Obama uh, if Obama wasn't responsible for the wars that he inherited from Bush. Yeah. And just, you know, so people know, by some estimates, uh, and I believe a U.N. study estimated that we could have killed as, between 250,000 and 1 million civilians in Iraq. Just, just think about that. We fucking, you know, uh, we we talk we, about how you know six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. We killed, uh, we killed potentially a million civilians with an illegal war started under false pretenses, and just nobody fucking does anything. Th- there's no you know, such thing as a us. yeah. There's no such thing as a non-civilian casualty when you invade a country that you don't even border. Like you, you <laughs> yeah. com- there is no, there is no military, you know, it's like Bill Hicks said, like there was no war when the first time we invaded Iraq, there was no war. A war is between two armies. <laughs> oh man. Shame that dude died. He would have, he uh, it is. Or turned it, into Alex uh, Jones, depending uh, on oh, yeah. conspiracy <laughs> theories. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think Alex Jones is, is definitely, um, he started out having that kind of a mindset of Bill Hicks no, I, and then yeah, just probably. turned into, I don't know what the fuck you call this now. I do think it's funny though. And other people pointed this out that, uh, you know, Alex Jones harassed, uh, the, the families of the Sandy Hook massacre for six years and never got punished. He harassed Jack Dorsey in person once and immediately <laughs> lost his account. <laughs> so, uh, you see that uh, well, picture of the know. two of them where he's like just inches away from him, shouting, pointing his finger. And like the very next day, like permanently banned from. Yeah, that was uh, so funny. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, young, young, like, don't piss off young Mel Gibson. <laughs> as much as I can't stand fucking Jack uh, or uh, fucking Alex Jones, it, it, it was very satisfying to see him tormenting Jack Dorsey for a little bit because that motherfucker is a Nazi enabler of the highest order and uh, deserves I don't to think be comfortable everywhere he goes. Yeah, I don't think he knows it or he rationalizes it in some way. I don't think he's really like. I don't think he agrees with any of that bullshit. He's just trying to kind of like, he wants celebrities well, to feel. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know. But, uh, you know, a lot of people think that he actually banned Alex Jones because it came out because his staff fucking hate him so much that they leaked it, that he was the sole person that blocked Twitter from banning Alex Jones permanently initially. They, all, mm-hmm. they Like everyone on the staff voted to do it. And he's like, no, we're not going to do it. So that came out, and I think the embarrassment of that, coupled with the annoyance of being screamed at by the big red fucking parade float, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, forced his hand a little bit. But oh, did did you see what? Um, so Anna Kasparian on TYT was talking about uh, 
uh, Alex Jones uh, harassing Marco Rubio, you know, and Marco Rubio is just a little turd, you know, he's just a real right wing turd, but you know, you, you saw the video, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just, so funny. Alex Jones just like taps him on the shoulder hard and like, he's trying to interrupt Marco Rubio doing an interview with, with uh, CNN. And he just says to him, he's like, you know, you better not do that again or I'll, you know, something. He's like, oh, what, are you going to arrest me? And he's like, no, I won't arrest you. I'll take care of you myself. <laughs> and 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 he was like, oh, you're going to beat me up or whatever. And, and you know, Michael Rubio was not like an aggressive guy. He's just a little weasel, right? And yeah, yeah. Annika Sperian from 2AT goes, look, I don't like the guy, but when he said that, hot. <laughs> 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 like all right some some uh, some women do really get off on the idea of like guys standing on the ground and being you know like whatever but it was, it was um that, that video is fucking hilarious if anyone hasn't seen it before so what are you okay just with uh massive tech companies censoring uh free speech censoring right wingers is that way is that what you is that what you support marco rubio is that what you support <laughs> he's like who is this guy yeah. it's like hey you know who i am don't pretend you don't know who i am well, he's a, he's a, a lunatic, and you know I I remembered um, that Keanu Reeves just turned fifty four, and someone else was ragging on Alec Jones for being forty four and looking like he's seventy, Jesus and I'm like, holy shit! Christ, he's forty four. He's forty four years old, and he looks like he's almost seventy. So I tweeted out two shots, two photos of the two of them. One of Alex Jones that that from just the other day. And the other was from uh, uh, Keanu Reeves the other day. And I tried to find a picture where they were kind of similarly lit from the side so you could see a lot of age lines. And still, it was like, Alex Jones's forehead was just like this wrinkled fucking, like, and then Keanu Reeves, who who was making, like, this emotive face, like, yeah, like, you know, party on, whatever. He had His forehead was just, like, totally smooth, you know, and he's yeah. 10 years older. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a handsome motherfucker, you know. Keanu Reeves yeah. is the man. Um. Yeah, so Alex, just fucking absolute clown of the highest order. He's um, he's got to be on some like really terrible mix of drugs, you know, like he drinks a ton and then to get up and wake up, he does a bunch of amphetamines and people are like legitimately worried about him that he's not like he's he's not just like acting like a crazy conspiracy conspiracy oh, no, really theorist is, that there's something seriously wrong with him. Um and he Joe but Rogan he, he, says he, he yeah. Well, Joe, when Joe Rogan had Jimmy Dore on recently, he was they were talking about Alex Jones, and he was saying, like, look, man, he's drinking way too fucking much. He's on too many drugs. Like, he is fucked up, and he really is like that. He's not a character. He's not acting. Like, he really is a fucking lunatic. Well, he used to be kind of normal, but now he's, like, off the rails. No, and, and, but he's, he's inspiring all these other guys that are like that to be even worse. There was one of these videos of these guys lighting their Nikes on fire, and you can hear him off camera just, like, going on this tirade where you this person's like you ready for the war that's coming and we're gonna fucking kill all, you know like yeah. these are the people that go into a school and shoot people to death because they're they're just they don't like that the world isn't white enough for them anymore or a pizza right? parlor that they think is run by pedophiles you know right. like because <laughs> they're just they're they're fucking raged out dudes who will believe anything they're told by right-wing radio and they they're gun hoarders, right? So it doesn't mm -hmm. take much for them to kill someone when they snap. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you briefly we, we mentioned earlier the Elon Musk thing uh, where he was on you know Joe Rogan show and oh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know we we've talked about how what what a fucking turd Elon Musk is, um, but you know it, it's just so funny to me that he'll just go on that show and. 
uh, you know, smoke a joint and then like Tesla stock dives 10%. And every time <laughs> shit like this happens, I just think about how fucking, and we, we were talking about this off air, how fucking phony our money is now. The stock market is complete bullshit and it's fucking insanity that mm-hmm. we run our economy and by proxy the world economy on a system of completely fake money that's subject to the whims and fucking machinations of morons like elon musk is a fucking moron who just happens to have a ton of money because his parents you know mine blood diamonds in south africa yeah he's not a fucking genius like he's not he took and uh, other people were making he took you know great ideas from the public sector and then just used his billions to fund them and to further them because the government well had to let them kind of you know yeah, I mean, he he came up with the code for PayPal. So it's like anyone could have done that. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And somebody bought that from him for like half a billion dollars. And he reinvested it, his own money into a couple of things. I think the stuff with SpaceX, you know, like the, the rockets that can take off and then just land again, like that mm-hmm. could be used hundreds of times. That's a great idea. But it's, it's not that he invented it. But he NASA should put, be fucking the capital. doing that. Yeah, we've exactly, exactly. been underfunding exactly. NASA for you know decades now. It's like NASA sure. should be doing this shit, um, and they could be doing this shit if we if we made uh, you know a real investment into science and not fucking military technology. But well, that's... I mean, point eight percent of our entire budget goes to outer space, Anthony. So I think isn't that enough, honestly? <laughs> right. And what's our military? The percentage of our military budget, like twenty five percent, thirty percent. The other, the other ninety nine point two percent. Yo, yeah, that's probably that's probably pretty, pretty close to accurate. Um, I'm lowball. So, so yeah, it, it, it's just so fucking funny to me how how stupid the fucking stock market is, and how you know anytime everyone's like, oh, why don't you gotta invest your money in the stock market? I'm like, why? Some fucking idiot like Elon Musk can go on on some you know jerk off podcast and smoke a joint and tank his stock value by fucking a tenth right. uh why, why do i want to put my money into this bullshit system because well, like, it's, it's a nonsense. way to make right it's a way to make money if you want to not have to work for it which all capitalists don't want to work for their actual money they want to get rich from the labor yeah, of they're all else, welfare queens, but, you know. yeah but the, i mean the stock market is just betting on a bet right like that's what the credit default swaps were we're betting on whether the bet would would fail or not, right? And and this is something David Harvey, Mark's interpreter, talks about all the time: is fictitious capital, right? Where it's not real money. And the minute there's too much fictitious capital, when everyone's like, "Oh wait, um, we've inflated, we've speculated to the point where the the jig is up," and everyone realizes, like, "Oh, actually, none of this, none of these stocks are actually worth what they say they are." Everyone wants to take the real money out and cash out at the same time, and then you have things like the 1927 cra- stock market crash, where the banks had to shut down and were like, "We can't, we have no more cash on hand to give you," and people were literally jumping out of the windows doing the right thing and jumping out of the windows for Wall Street and killing themselves. <laughs> Uh, rather than be accountable for for what they had done, um, I wish we could go back to those days. But um, yeah, it, and it's it's like this this cycle of boom and bust is not accidental; it's intentional because it's like it's disaster capitalism. As soon as all these stocks tank and are suddenly worthless, somebody will scoop them all up for really cheap and then uh, basically try to inflate their value again and make a bunch of money off of it. 
So it's just, and it's, it's the same thing with urban development, where for the last 170 years, the, the development itself is also speculative. So they're trying, they're building all these empty condos, not because they can even get someone to rent them, but because just the, the it's, a, it's a commodity in and of itself that only goes up in price and never goes down. Well, and you know, and, and it drives me fucking crazy. People act like Jeff Bezos is a good fucking businessman. Jeff Bezos is a fucking moron. Amazon has not turned a profit in almost in its entire existence. It the first time it turned a profit, I believe, was in the fourth quarter of 2017. They've operated at a loss since he fucking created Amazon in the well, early 2000s. That just proves why they can't afford to pay their employees enough for uh, healthcare. <laughs> but meanwhile, he has 150 70 billion fucking dollars is the richest man in the history of the world because wall street is built upon fucking nothing you literally are buying the brand amazon amazon has not turned a fucking profit since the early 2000s yet he's the richest man on the planet tell me why this is the free market at work tell me why this is a meritocracy it's fucking not it's the total opposite it's 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 a fucking dumb bullshit system built upon uh fake money by a bunch of people who have no qualms whatsoever about taking people's real money and pissing it away so that they can, you know, enrich themselves yeah. to the tunes of billions and billions of dollars. It's fucking well, When you even nonsense. talk about his wealth, the, the, the neoliberals that will defend him will say, well, that's just his net worth. He doesn't actually own that much money. And it's like they're admitting right there that it's fictitious <laughs> capital, <laughs> that it's not real money. It's like, yeah, that's our fucking point. It's not real money, you fucking uh, lunatics. Yeah, like, yeah. well, and it's like what you could you could solve homelessness and solve hunger in this country uh, with only about $8 billion. You could put every single homeless person in a house and feed them for about $8 billion a year. That's all it would take is is one you know so he made about another 40 billion dollars or his net worth increased by 40 billion dollars this year so for less than 20 percent of that you could solve homelessness in america he had a day the other day where he made two billion uh because of some crazy just you know i don't know if it was like their quarterly whatever but he made two billion dollars in one day eight billion dollars ends homelessness <laughs> This motherfucking bug-eyed weirdo made $2 billion in one day. You know, but you're going to tell me though. that capitalism is not a fucking <laughs> yeah. bullshit failed system. Like, it's come on. Still, even though he's the richest guy on the planet, he still can't grow hair. <laughs> it's like he, could, he, didn't even, he didn't even buy a rug the way that, uh, or get hair plugs the way that Elon Musk did. I thought that picture of him young and, and like bald was fake at first. And people were like, no, he really, all his hair fell out when he was like 20. And that's just like a really fancy fucking hair plug thing that Elon Musk has. I'm like, oh. There's well, something know. about being evil. I, I think I think Austin Powers is a documentary because there's something about being evil that makes all your hair fall out. You look at fucking Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, or what if Stephen Miller and the Trump administration. Your fucking hair just what, what if, runs what if, away from your face. <laughs> it's just going bald drives them angry. And they're just like, I must get back at the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's like what which came first? Are they, you know, maniac evil, you know, uh evil geniuses because they lost their hair or they lose yeah, their I hair know. because they're, I mean, you know, moralist Joe, evil geniuses. Joe Rogan talked about it on his show a couple times. He's like, "Yeah, you know, you just you, you just get used to it. Like, you just shave your head, it's fine. It's not a big deal." I'm like people give Joe Rogan shit for having on all these fucking hapless loser idiot right-wingers whatever, but he doesn't he doesn't cater to it. 
to the degree that people really claim he does. Um, you know, he just yeah, has he a conversation with people. Um, he's had some, Joe Rogan's had some bad takes. His take about like, well, why aren't there more uh, amazing women pool players? It's like because it's a fucking guys club, and it, when it's like that, you're not going to have as women just don't want to hang out with those people. So of course they're not going to have. You're not going to have um, the Serena Williams of pool when it's it's just it, you know it's it's 99 men and you have they they don't have it where women play other women it's just fucking pool you know so he's not well, yeah whatever yeah but yeah like ultimately i think you know rogan is uh a flawed person but i think he his instincts are mostly right like he, he was talking to he actually had to argue with kevin smith about why people should get a universal basic income and how like we weren't meant to fucking work to debt like he 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 he, he understands conceptually things without understanding the policies you have to support but i think he entertains sure. people of all walks of life and i think if you get enough people going on there who are intelligent and can explain these things to him he'll be more of a voice for those things and he also will argue a lot with right-wingers about just nonsense like the ones that don't believe in climate change and things like that. oh yeah like he'll, yeah you know well i first started watching his show because he'd had abby martin on a bunch of times and i was like oh, oh yeah damn. He had abby on all the time. you know i love abby martin but like some of her shows her um her oratory is like a little slightly melodramatic, but when she's just talking, she's fucking great. She's at her best when she's just, you know, free form conversation. Really cool personality too, when she's not like trying to be, you know, super like journalistic. You yeah, know? yeah. Jimmy Scale has the same thing. Where I don't know if you saw the documentary he did, where he's like he's talking like this the whole time, like, and then <laughs> we looked around a corner, and then there's a man watching. It's like, dude, like just you don't have to. <laughs> like you'd be a journalist you don't have to be fucking batman um uh, but yeah so uh, when i when i first started watching the you know three hour long conversation between joe rogan and abby martin i was like oh joe rogan's actually pretty fucking he's an intelligent guy who kind of has bridged worlds between politics and uh boxing <laughs> and uh news radio and, and a bunch of things so <sighs> so yeah um you know briefly i want to touch we we, we talked for a while but i want to touch on a couple things quick uh you know we don't i make a point of saying like we don't tend to cover a lot of trump drama because um you know it doesn't really interest me in 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 terms of everyone else in the fucking plot like everyone else on the planet has that covered like i don't think that people tune into our show to hear 24 7 trump talk 24 7 you know russia trump it's like you could go literally everywhere else on your television for that but mm -hmm. I do think that this recent round of chaos is pretty significant and could lead to like the end of this presidency. So we probably should briefly touch on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he is a person <laughs> in a position of massive power and, and that's something we should never uh, be afraid to talk about. Um, but like you, I've been pretty much nauseous at the kind of coverage and the things they focused on things like, Oh, his tweets say this and not like, yeah, Oh, his bombs all, killed these people. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and the reason I, I mentioned it even is because there 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 were a string of things, and I I, I have a bit of a uh, I, I have a few conspiracy theories, or you know, maybe just theories, maybe not conspiracy theories, but about what's happening. But so he, um, you know, Bob Woodward, who is a famous biographer of presidents, he's done books on uh, I think it said like eight presidents. He he's very you know familiar with the Bush family. He wrote a ton of books on you know senior and junior um and he's he's typically a respected establishment figure not by me i think he's a 
fucking bootlicker, but you know, he he's typically considered a respected author who who you know tries to get to the core of the humans that he's profiling. Um, so he's releasing a book on Trump because he's been you know given a fairly decent amount of access by the administration and by Trump himself. Uh, probably Trump thinking like, oh, this guy will make me look good and he'll pull out my humanity and all the excerpts that are released from the book are fucking insanity. Like the, the, the what goes on in the white house is, is beyond, I think even what we realized, like there was something in there about how mm-hmm. uh, he was, he was, he was going to sign a, a paper to pull us out of a trade deal with South Korea and Gary Cohn, uh, treasury secretary, or, or I, I don't know if he's like economic advisor. I forget his exact position, but somebody who he, actually knows the the value of that trade deal, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he he literally like stole the the trade deal off of Trump's desk, and Trump just fucking forgot about it. Like he he literally mm-hmm. took it off of his desk, and then I, I mean, so it, it it's worrisome that that that's how close we are we are to to fucking a lot of the also apparently he fucking told mattis hey why don't we just fucking assassinate assad and mattis apparently was like yeah okay mr president and then just like didn't do anything and didn't follow up about it and trump just like kind of forgot i guess that he asked oh him to my do god that. so gary trudeau who created doonesbury um is one of my most treasured political cartoonist of all time he did a strip um probably he started doing strips in the 60s right and he did it all through the 70s 80s 90s aughts whatever he did one where uh it was they were doing a riff off of like nixon going to china and it was basically like somebody who um was hanging out with the aide to you know whoever the chairman of china was at the time and basically said, well, yesterday he told me to tear down the Great Wall of China because it was a relic of the past and we didn't need to think about the past anymore. And then the day after, so, you know, I, I told him that uh, we, we tore it down brick by brick. It will never be mentioned ever again in Chinese history. The following day, he told me to have it rebuilt. So I told him that uh, we amassed tens of thousands of people to rebuild the entire uh, Great Wall of China. Uh, we did neither thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like like hey, you have something that's so yeah. crazy that they're just like oh yes we'll totally uh take care of that trade deal and just like puts it behind your back and don't you know and he just forgets about it because he's he's fucking he's he's got dementia from doing cocaine for decades and god knows what else that his mind's just gone you know uh carrie fisher before she died was like no he has every he exhibits symptoms of doing cocaine now like his mannerisms are, you know, and if anyone can spot a coke freak, it was Carrie Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, it, it like the, it, there was that shit, and it just it, it generally paints a, a portrait of chaos and everyone thinking he's a fucking moron and a child, and they have to work around him, which is not you know news to anybody. But, um, coupled with that was the anonymous New York Times op-ed that came out the other day, uh, which. Uh, it, according to the New York Times, is from a senior member of his administration, um, and you know I I don't know who vetted this that you know the story uh, whether or not you know it actually is, but I I would assume the New York Times wouldn't say that uh, if they didn't at least have a good suspicion that 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 it came from someone within the administration. And this op-ed was saying that like basically they're working to undermine the president and to mitigate some of his like worst inclinations i think is the way they framed it um 
which you know of course everyone uh, is is like you know going crazy about and i have a lot of thoughts on this but um number one uh tip when you read the actual op-ed itself you're like this person is very self-aggrandizing uh and and they're clearly a fucking horrible person because they talk about how uh well you know he's done many good things uh like he's uh passed the trump to the tax cuts and it, uh they talk about all these right-wing priorities that uh trump did get through and then they said we're trying to just work against his 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 worst inclination. oh yeah well are, they you know. like all republicans they love his agenda because his agenda is a classic right-wing traditional neoconservative agenda they love that <laughs> they just don't like that he's a loose cannon they don't like his tone yeah and they don't like that he doesn't toe their line on certain things like on trade or on certain foreign policy things so they they try to you know work to so you know uh in some cases, what they're doing is better for the country in terms of the things that they're talking him out of, like, you know, assassinating Assad. Not a good fucking idea. Um, but it, this is a bad thing to celebrate from anyone on the left because we do, we've known for a long time that the president doesn't really run things that, you know, the CIA, the FBI people what you know what, whether you want to call it a deep state or even in the even in the op-ed he says we're not the deep state we're the permanent state or something like that some some real fucking right or well, the steady state the same thing though i mean the, the nsa has a twitter account i mean come on <laughs> it's not you know the deep state's not hiding the deep state is just you know the joint chiefs of staff you know the people that actually yeah. decide the war policy regardless of who's president right and and it's just to what degree the president goes along with it. They always go along with it eventually, uh, or they get a bullet in the back of the head. Yeah. And again, I'm not defending Trump. And I think maybe even in some cases, what they're doing is probably for the betterment of the country, but it is also a bit of a treasonous act to work actively against the president whose administration you're in. Like he, he like you're, it's literally, I, I think almost fits the definition of treason way more so than any of the shit they're talking about with, you know, potentially with Russia. Mm-hmm. And, Again, I, I I feel even weird saying this because I really don't fucking like anyone involved in this story. But think about a hypothetical where Bernie Sanders is the president, and I think about like that the... every day. By the way, <laughs> I know, me too. But and 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 the Joint Chiefs are super pissed that he's talking about actually pulling out of Iraq and actually pulling out of Afghanistan and stopping all these bombings, you know, in, in all these Middle Eastern countries. Who's to say they won't do the exact same thing to him? Of course they will, because he doesn't tow the establishment line. Sure. You know, Trump sure. is doing it in, in the wrong direction, but Bernie does it in the right direction uh, it, in terms of not towing the establishment line. Well, and they will do the same shit to him. So to celebrate this in any way is like, I, it worries sure. me to even, you know. Well, and that's why, like, I mean, for me, um, I totally had written off electoral politics uh, for a long time. I felt like direct action was the only way to get anything done. Um, that you know, taking over the streets was the only real thing that would change anything. And everyone said, "Well, you're never going to change anything for long unless you get into those halls of power." But as soon as you have that power, it becomes a vertical thing that you want to protect. And then how you got there doesn't matter as much anymore as, as keeping that power. So I feel like the only way to really stay pure and to stay on the right side of the history is to never fully win. 
and to always be agitating against whatever the powerful thing is. Because I guarantee Bernie gets in there. Uh, let's say Bernie gets to be president for real and not just to my fantasies. Um, in 2020, he's not going to pull out us out of Iraq. He's already fairly hawkish when it comes to war stuff, you know? So Way too hawkish th- in my life. Th- that, that pressure on whoever is in power from the real people who are always in power is always going to be there, right? So, um, you know, we, we've had some good progressive, socialist progressive, uh, I would argue, wins in the last few weeks, and we've already seen a few cracks here and there where we know that the, the establishment is trying to get their hooks into some of those people right off the bat, right? And even some uh, centrist liberals have celebrated that, saying, well, you know, Ocasio-Cortez might sound all radical, but we'll, we'll, we'll force her to go out there and fundraise, and we'll, we'll you know, train her properly. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with those people? They want that to happen. Like, you, know, you want people to stay on the right side of things as long as possible before they turn into the, the dying fine scenes of the future? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and there was this whole talking point from the TYTs of the world during the general election in 2016 of like, well, you know, you have to vote for Hillary and we'll just hold your feet to the fire. Now, the truth of the matter is that Hillary Clinton is is impervious to having her feet held to the fire because she's a fucking Republican. If we right. do actually work to elect progressives, people who who genuinely run on really progressive platforms, they actually, in some cases, Bernie included, can be you know, held accountable and you can't hold their feet to the fire. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, the idea is to elect the leftmost candidates and then push them even further left. When you have a bunch of Republicans in there, you can push them as far as you want. They're only going to go so far. When you start no, they're, out, they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, on the left of the spectrum, you can at least put enough pressure on those people that they'll follow through with what they promised on in some cases. I mean, that's electorally, that's the way we're going to win. It needs to be a combination of electoral and direct action and protests and sure. things where, you know, it, it, it needs to be a combination. And what's always happened historically is that. You know, it's not that Abraham Lincoln did the right thing or that JFK did the right thing or LBJ did the right thing. They were pushed to do these things by activists. So you need to have activist pressure coupled with people who are already at least, you know, leaning left as much as possible to get what we want to get accomplished done. Yeah. And I, I know I've, I've been uh, critical to Women's March uh, at, at times, but I think with as many uh, democratic socialist victories of, as we've had in the last uh, just six months, that those two big national rallies were definitely something that inspired a lot of women to run and to support, uh, you know, uh, even though the, the Women's March, I would not say at all is a left-wing movement, it <laughs> definitely has um, inspired a lot of women who were very left-wing or as left-wing as you can be to run for a national office. To, act, to get out there and really to really do stuff and and to you know again not run on just an anti-trump platform but to run on a real working class uh, platform yeah no for sure and there were good people involved in, in the women's march it's just that the apparatus just is that barbara bush tweet god damn it oh <laughs> just oh god i mean they did a lot of, i mean the, the fact that the women's march has a ceo is just like gives me the fucking you know like ugh, like just yeah. involuntary gag reflex when I is it megan mccain you know, is is megan yeah, mccain right. the ceo of the women's march <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and, and you know um then i don't want to rag on the i'm just yeah it's just yeah um so in any event, but so as far as the Trump thing goes, um, 
it's interesting the timing because the op-ed came out right after all the excerpts from the Woodward stuff. So that says to me two things, or actually it says to me three things. Number one, three possibilities. Number one, this is a coordinated effort by the establishment Republicans in conjunction with the establishment, quote unquote, Democrats to get Trump out of power and put Pence in there because, you know, the Republicans would love to have Mike Pence in there because he supports all their bullshit and he's not going to handicap it by tweeting and opening his mouth and fucking it up um, from a Mm -hmm. PR standpoint. Um, Number two, they know more about the Mueller investigation than we do. And they think he's going down and they're trying to distance themselves from him so that in 2020, they could say, well, he was an anomaly. He wasn't even really a Republican. We're, we're, we're an honorable party that loves our country and that stands against Vladimir Putin. And, you know, we are not, uh, we are not like him. He was, he is not, he does not represent the Republican party when realistically he is the, the definition of the Republican Party. He is the complete logical conclusion of the Southern strategy. Is is a candidate like Donald Trump? That's your fucking base. You you may not think that that's who you are as a Republican. Oh, they party, know but that's that's their base. Fucking... They love him. They they wish they could be him. Is the thing. Uh, yeah, it's just they're everyone's positioning themselves, knowing that he's going to go down one way or the other. I don't know if he's going to get impeached, but I don't give a shit because it's like so. Yeah, and uh, it's know. like we're gonna it's gonna be fucking worse off. So, my third possibility, and I and this is why I brought up like I I'm curious as to who vetted whether or not this is actually a senior staff member, <clears throat> or if we just assume it is because they had a lot of insider info. Um, I think there's a possibility that this was planted by Steve Bannon because he fucking hates the people that he perceives as the ones who kicked him out meaning the establishment types, the Mike Pence's, the Jim Mattis's. Right. He made a point of using, or whoever wrote this made a point of using the phrase Lodestar, uh, Lodestar, not Lone Star, um, which, is a, <laughs> which is a weird fucking word that I've never heard before, but apparently Mike Pence uses it all the time in speeches. I've literally never heard anyone else use it. What the he fuck is a Lodestar? Is that like a I, porn I, term? <laughs> like if you you just like jizz a lot, you're the lodestar. So it. Uh, uh, Come on, Merriam-Webster defines. No, I know it was. I was just I was looking up. Um, oh. So Merriam-Webster says it's a star that leads or guides, especially. So it's like North Star. It's like our true North. It's like a way of saying that sort of you know. Shouldn't like they be our, lead our and load? <laughs> it's some. It's probably some fucking right wing military term. Whatever. Um. So, but Mike Pence uses that. I've never heard anyone else use that. He also yeah. used um. Uh, another phrase that Jim Mattis. I've only ever heard Jim Mattis use it was like first measures or active. It was some really weird phrase that I've never heard before. Um. I don't think Mike Pence is stupid enough. He's very calculating and evil. I don't think he's stupid enough to use the phrase lodestar in an op-ed that was anonymous so you know who stands to gain the most uh if donald trump is impeached mike pence who would be a great person to make it look like wrote this article if you want to get rid of all the establishment types in donald trump's administration mike pence so i think it's very possible that steve bannon wrote this op-ed somehow funneled it to the new york times to get back at all the people that he perceives pushed him out, the Mike Pence, Jim Mattis, all the establishment types, because he knows Trump's an unhinged moron 
and we'll and we'll literally go on a witch hunt to root out whoever the fucking traitor is and is not right. above just dismissing and firing people wholesale. I don't even know if he could fire just on a whim because but... he thinks that they might be the person who did it. Yeah, no, exactly. it's very, um, it's very. Uh, oh, I'm missing. I can't, I can't. No, I can't remember my Shakespeare properly, but uh, it's very Macbeth. You know, it's like the oh yeah, the, totally. the crazed lunatic just starts lashing out at everyone around him and isolates himself. Uh, in his pursuit to, um, you know, tr- find out who was out to get him, and really it was himself destroying himself more than anything. Um, I haven't actually and read before, that, so way, if I'm not I... if I'm not correct on all the details, that's just my. I read I'm sure I learned the clip. Um, and before anyone says, "Oh no, Steve Bannon's not smart enough to do that," Steve Bannon got Donald Trump elected. He or- he orchestrated Donald Trump's campaign, and he got that fucking guy elected. So. If you don't think he's smart enough and vindictive enough to do that, then I, you know, no, it's, I, I, I they're all vindictive. All of these guys are fucking vindictive. Um, he's very yeah. snake in the grass, calculating when it comes to stuff like this. So I would not at all put it past him to be the one that did this. But in any event, it's interesting, and it certainly uh, makes it seem like things are kind of spiraling down the drain uh, for Trump right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm just, you know, whether Kavanaugh's going to get, no, I mean, Kavanaugh's going to get nominated unless something He's happens, like, in the next two weeks. They call it a confirmation hearing for a reason. They don't not confirm somebody once they call it the confirmation hearing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have not a whole lot to say. Gonna... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, I don't have a whole lot to say about that because it's not, you know, it's kind of like... We know that he's terrible, and we know why he was nominated, um, and... Props to the people who have disrupted those hearings. I think they're fucking heroes for doing it. Well, Diane Feinstein would disagree with you, but <laughs> yeah. Did you, see, well. did you see? She she literally during her line of questioning, she apologized to fucking Kavanaugh for protesters. Like she, uh, I'm trying to find the exact quote. She yeah, the decorum police. Yeah. So she said, uh, "I'm sorry for the protesters, but we'll get through it." Uh, somebody posted a really funny meme. They posted her saying that side by side with Bernie, who, while speaking to the protesters, said, uh, I thank you all for being here. We've got to do everything we can to see that Kavanaugh is not put on the Supreme Court. (laughs) We have to use every means of civil civil disobedience to stop. Yeah. Uh, Bernie's all about the civil disobedience, but not the uncivil stuff. But yeah, Um, it's good. It's it's, it lightened day difference as far as senators go. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, Kavanaugh's going to get confirmed. I will also make a prediction right now that at least four Democrats are going to vote yes on him. Uh, and I'll, I'll say for sure, it's Joe Manchin, Ben McCaskill. Yeah, it's the, the, the rotating bad guy, absolutely. By the way, uh, you need 51 senators to confirm a justice. Uh, if the Democrats had actually had a united caucus and just said, we're not going to show up for the confirmation hearings... Uh, there's a phrase like quorum, like quorum could not be held and essentially they would not mm-hmm. legally be able to have a vote. So if the Democrats who constantly are saying, well, there's nothing we can do. Oh, well, you got to elect more Democrats. What can you do? No, you could have fucking not shown up and, and yeah. actually fucking had a spine and yeah. they would have been able to vote to fucking confirm him. But that, of course, they're not going to do that. So when Clarence Thomas, uh, Claire, ugh, fuck, when Clarence Thomas was confirmed, there was Cube fifty-seven. Yeah, uh, there was fifty-seven Democrats in the sevens in the Senate when they confirmed <laughs> Clarence Thomas. So unfucking real, unreal. Yeah, 
Yeah. They've never had a spine. We know they've never had a spine. No, so. they've never had a spine. Um, as evidenced by uh, John McCain's funeral. Uh, I don't know if we got a couple minutes to, to, yeah, to chat we'll, about we'll that. Yeah, we'll chat about that quick because, uh, you know, we talked about his 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 death last week. Um, and we didn't really get to talk about his funeral because I think it happened after our episode aired. But uh, yep. just what a fucking establishment circle jerk. Like, just... Uh, you know, uh, you have fucking George Bush, uh, uh, Obama, like all these people, Henry fucking Kissinger, and and all of them were. <laughs> it's like, oh, the, you the, know, the... if I ever have somebody like that show up at my funeral, just take me out of the casket and fucking like chop my head off or something because I clearly oh deserve God. way worse than whatever killed me. The Fox um, News tweet. Did you see that? It was yeah. it was Kissinger at the podium in like the flag draped coffin, and the quote from Kissinger was uh, that John McCain brought us all hope. <laughs> and it's just, and I fucking I took a, I I I teed that, and I was just I put added the caption like your move onion, your move onion. <laughs> there yeah, some tweet a, about- yeah, there was a, a guy who tweeted out like just lock the doors and start a war crimes tribunal. They're all there. <laughs> You've got them all at the same time. <laughs> I love that. I, uh, yeah, I saw that tweet. There was also somebody that put someone who some establishment New York Times reporter who was like genuinely meant this. She was like, oh, it's so it's so great to see three uh, Nobel Peace Prize winners in the same room referring to Obama, oh. George Bush and Henry Kissinger. I, I had oh. no idea Henry Kissinger was given a Nobel Peace Prize, which yeah. makes you, you know, yeah. question whether or not. Uh, any of the people who previously been given a Nobel Peace Prize uh, mean a fucking thing because Henry Kissinger is one of the world's most notorious butchers. I mean, to, the, the fact that he has a Nobel Peace Prize is so uh, light speed stupid that I can't, I, I just fucking can't. And the whole thing was a big, you know, anti-Trump. And again, I, 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 I hate even having to say this, but I'm sure there's one or two idiots listening who'd be like, oh, you like Trump. No, I fucking hate Trump. But you, your identity cannot be, we don't like Trump. That's all these people fucking identify as because they don't like his tone. Meanwhile, they agree with 90% of the fucking policies that he supports because they're all right. fucking right-wingers, including well, it, Barack and Obama and all these people. People who got mad at us for, again, making you know um, gallows humor-type jokes about McCain dying were like, oh, but... Why do you have to politicize a, f- a funeral? Why can't you just let him, you know, it's like, okay, this is, this is a, a lifelong politician. The very fact that he's draped in a coffin and there's milk and the Marines are there makes it a politicized funeral. The fact that his daughter, his his selfish, narcissistic daughter is there relitigating the Vietnam War, saying that, uh, you know, he, he went to go fight in Vietnam uh, to against the forces of evil. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Oh, so he, he was shooting at the American, the invading Americans, right? So he was fighting. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so not well, he not did to down go... an American fighter. So you know, he he maybe he was fighting against <laughs> yeah. the forces. Yeah, I always feel like he was kind of like if George Bush actually had fought in the Vietnam War, like he would have been John McCain, just like constantly crashing, getting captured, <laughs> getting stabbed in the dick by a bayonet, doing lines yeah. of coke off the dashboard in the fucking <laughs> F. 16 or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if you knew uh, that, but uh, George, so George Bush was in the Air National Reserve, whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. Uh, never, never did combat, but George Bush 
crash six planes. Did you know that? I didn't even fucking know. I didn't even know that. He survived? <laughs> yeah. He never even got Jesus shot at Christ. and he crashed six planes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> people forget how bad George Bush was. He's like, oh he was so God. coked up, he didn't even have to get shot president. at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, Joe Rogan actually, years ago in like the early 2000s, had a funny joke about how like George Bush getting elected was just like a bunch of guys like betting with each other. Like, guys, I bet you we can get the dumbest guy on the fucking planet elected president. And and he's like, you know, at, at the uh, at the 2004 reelection, there was probably a guy in the back of the room saying, you know, we can go dumber. And yeah. that's like he's like, yeah. man, I fucking predicted Trump like 15 years ago. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> um, well, but yeah, so. so- the thing that really, uh, yeah, and again, it's just like all these liberals are like, oh, but he was a hero. McCain was a hero. McCain was a hero. McCain would say whatever you want about McCain. He was a warrior hero. And it's like, what the fuck did he do heroic? And they're like, um, well, he got captured. It's like, that's, that's not heroic. Just getting captured, especially as an invader, that's not heroic. You're the bad no. guy. Capturing you was the right thing to do. And it made me think about Hugh Thompson the guy who single-handedly stopped my lay massacre. And for those that don't know, Hugh Thompson was a, a, a Huey captain, helicopter captain of Vietnam, who uh, after over 500 people have been murdered, civilians were murdered during the lay massacre, uh, his helicopter, he flies in, and he can see there's like all these ditches full of bodies, and he knows that something terrible's happened, that this wasn't a battle, that this was a massacre. And he can, from the air, he can see that there was more civilians still alive. And he could see U.S. troops uh, marching towards their location where they were bunkered down, you know, cowering, trying not to be killed. And he lands his helicopter in between those civilians and these, these U.S. soldiers. And he gets out. And before he goes over to them, talk to them, he tells his, his two gunners that he had under his command in his helicopter, if they start to shoot at those civilians... I order you to shoot them. And then he went over and he told those soldiers that he had told his men to shoot at them. He said, if you go and you try to hurt those people or kill them, my men will fire on you. So he didn't just threaten them. He'd already ordered his men to do it, right? So Mm -hmm. to me, that's real fucking heroism, to basically recognize the immorality of what was happening and to do something about it to actually stop it. And, and he was harassed for years. And every time he tried to come out with a story, uh, people tried to silence it until it was Seymour Hirsch, actually, that um, I, I believe broke the first story about that and talked yeah, about the guy who him. stopped it. So uh, yeah, real, that, that real actual hero. heroism. That's amazing. Yeah. And, I, and, you, and I, you were the first one to tell me that story, but I've like, since looked in. And that dude's a fucking, you know, absolute hero. And it, it just proves that, you know, just because you're in the military does not mean you need to follow orders like you if you if you have an order that's unjust and you dissent against it that's real fucking heroism you know we've already we've established back in the fucking nuremberg trials that just following orders is not an excuse for committing atrocities you know well if you lose the war (laughs) yeah Yeah, right um no so you know if, if for whatever reason you end up joining the military whether or not you you enlist because you think it's the right thing to do because of you know years of propaganda or if you just get drafted and you have no choice you know not everyone in the military is a bad person but if you decide when you're in the military to carry out war crimes at the behest of the military just because you were ordered to that makes you a fucking war criminal like no you know that you you have you know the 
you can decide like, you know, sure, you're not free from consequences, but you can decide to do the right thing no matter what circumstance you're in. And that yeah. to me is true heroism. And and look at the way history judges the people that rebel against injustice like that. You know, if you're worried that like, oh, your your unit is going to haze you, it's like, well, that may be true. But if they're terrible people that think that your dissension is wrong, uh, fuck them. And it might be scary, but be brave and, you know, do the right thing. Do the right fucking thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that about does it for uh, this week. We've we've covered a lot of a lot of topics in a short amount of time. But um, yeah, uh, come back uh, and check us out next week. I think in, maybe uh, next week we'll have a movie episode uh, also for you guys. Uh, yeah, we we'll, do we'll Demolition see. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your Demolition Man's coming up. Uh, hopefully yeah. early next week. Uh, you know. In the meantime, practice your three seashells techniques. And uh, <laughs> if you want to uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, you can head over to our Teespring if you want to get some move left merch, teespring.com slash move left. Uh, we are on Twitter. Uh, I'm at move underscore left on Twitter. Uh, and I'm uh, still at Chaos Riot 1999. Yep. Uh, and we will catch you next week. Later, haters.